til det. Sit back, relax and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Again, it's me jumping in before Griff. I've muted him so he can't talk. Uh, I just thought I'd let people know on a little bit behind the scenes. We do this by video so we can now see each other. Right as I played the theme song and right as Liam said kick back, what did Griff do? He kicked right back in his chair, relaxed, and he's going to enjoy the warm sounds of me. Yeah. Am I back? All right. Uh, so I got a new chair, and it's actually not a new chair. It's my, it's my, it was the chair that was my wife's chair at our house, and in our new place, it became my chair for some reason, and it's very cushy, and you can just sort of like lean way back <laughs> in it and get way far away from the microphone if you want, or you can get right up to it. It's pretty good. The only problem is it has very little support for your back, so yep. and I have bad posture, so I will just end up sort of. Turtling into the chair, which is bad too. So it's a lot of it's it's a it's a nice chair, but it's um it's kind of difficult for me to for me to operate. But yeah, I'm chilling out. It's Griff and Tony. We're back for the Beer Engine podcast again. Uh, another yet another West Coast IPA in my glass, which means it's time for yet another podcast. Tony, our teams played each other uh, in the Olympic basketball tournament. Uh, the, I believe it's the semifinals in the USA yep. and Australia. I did watch the women yesterday. Uh, the the USA women's uh, did take care of Australia, who who has a kind of a standing rivalry. I know. Um, love the I do love the Australia one piece uniform, and not because it makes me horny, because it's just the coolest uniform. It looks like a bike outfit. Yeah. Um, well, so. Unlike many of the Olympic Games uniforms, this wasn't forced upon them by the Olympic Committee. They wanted to wear this. We had a traditional uniform ready for them to wear, but they wanted to go back into the one-piece bodysuit that the Opals made famous when they were actually a good basketball side. Yeah. They are no right. longer a good basketball side. They are trash. They they competed pretty well, I thought, for about half the game. Uh, they, they, had off to, they got off to a really bad start. And then they they got back into it pretty well, I thought. Um, But then uh, certainly the level of play in the women's international game has come a long, long way. Yeah. Uh, Even farther than the men's, I would say. Uh, Certainly the the men's is is more level is a more level playing field. But the distance between the the USA women and everyone else for a while was so striking. Uh, I mean, it was like watching UConn play you know, Joliet Junior College for yeah, a while. It, I mean, it was it was brutal. It was, except for Australia and there was a couple of European Australia. signs that, that were yeah. up there. Because I will say for the past 12 or so years, when we had both Penny Taylor and Lauren Jackson in our side, yeah. we were able to take it to the US. Now we've got no, nothing left other than guards because Liz, Liz Cambridge has um, a mental breakdown before uh, the competition and withdraws and, there goes right. our one centre. So, well, yeah, bunch of guards playing a, a real team. And I believe the difference is that the international club play is much is very good. Um, yeah, because I know a lot of American players because the WNBA doesn't play, pay 
It certainly doesn't pay like the NBA because boy, have, boy, look, we we should talk about some contracts going around <laughs> yeah. the last couple of days. But um, I I know that the international leagues often pay much better than the WNBA. So a lot of the you know players will either play in the off season internationally or they just left the WNBA and said yeah. f this, I'm going to play internationally because I can get I can make some money. They've got um, to get so paid. I, I assume the level is much better out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Russia is is one of the premier women's comps, and I know that's where Becky Hammond played her yep. last yep, Olympics was mm-hmm. was by Russia because she didn't come come back to the states to play in the WNBA uh, because the yep. level of pay was that high. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's um sort of interesting to see. The development in the men's game, though, because of course Australia and the US have, have just played there, and yep. massive win. Australia, by Australia has won by thirty eight points on the back of Nick Kay. Nick Kay was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Green came off the off the bench and dominated for forty, which is completely right. unexpected. Um, Dally, how about that pure shooting performance? The ability mm. to just shoot the ball at such a high rate from three. Amazing, and and the athleticism, of course, of Delhi. You can't, you can't, unmistakable, really. Um, <laughs> the uh, tough, tough performance for the U.S. Another washed up looking performance from KD, looking like a looking like Grandpa KD, looking like uh, uh, a yeah. big tall Uncle Drew right now, kind of milling about the the court. Now, do you think he's got emphysema? This is my theory on KD. We all know he likes to to smoke some hookah um, mm-hmm. and might be some other substances. I, I don't know with KD. But to me, looking at him during that game specifically, it looked like he was struggling with lung capacity. Like yeah. when you get I'm outrun actually, by Joe Ingalls, I, that's scary. Sure. I actually think most of the guys have COVID, as do most of the people in the uh, Olympics uh, are. Uh, Delta, they are. Uh, they got Delta Plus. Delta Burke, Delta Plus, they got that, whatever that variant is. Um, they're, they're struggling right now because um, obviously, and also we know that a handful, so there's certainly some rich guys on the team that don't have the, uh, that weird to have a bunch of rich guys that don't want a vaccine. That's weird. Haven't seen that anywhere else. <laughs> um, actually, I think I am not positive Zach Levine got it. I'm not, I, that, uh, not, uh, not even kidding. I'm not sure Zach Levine actually did get it. Maybe he did get it before he went to the Olympics because it's a big fucking bacteria f- and virus fest out there. But, um, yep, brutal loss for the U.S. Um, now let's record the other version and go. All right, just kidding. Um, the uh, yeah, uh, certainly a what what a delightful thing to watch that was. Uh, yeah, now, moving on, Tony. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other Olympic um, sort of news. Have you been continuing to watch the Olympics, or you you just strictly a basketball guy at this stage? Yeah, in and out. I, I've been in and out on on stuff. I haven't watched as much rowing this week as I would like, uh, or as I did last week. Well, that's because uh, the I, think it's, I think it's over. Yeah. Well, you know, that's my big complaint is that there's not any more rowing to watch. But there is um, flat water kayaking, which is basically. You know, I like should have watched that. That's yeah, pretty good. That's like the boats in Venice where they're on one knee and, and the other knee they're standing. And they have to, they have to sing 
song <laughs> while they do it, right? They have to. Yes. Uh, there's a test for COVID right there. Come deal with that. You yeah. Know. We've only won one gold medal outside of the water events. I even forget which one that is, but um, our others have been been swimming or um, or whitewater kayaking. Um, yeah. Or sailing, we've been absolutely dominating the sailing. We've got uh, two golds, and you both times all they had to do was start. Too. Yeah, nine gold medals in the swimming. Um, Ariana Tipmus really good, um, but there were a bunch of other female swimmers that really competed hard, and a surprise male gold medalist. Really, really good to see the Australian swimming back up there. Then we get to athletics, and it gets really disappointing. We we barely make a final. And a fourth place really gets lauded in Australia in athletics because we don't have the track program that you guys have. Yep. Hey, you know what? Uh, for to be honest, you, to get anyone out there with the amount of snags and uh, lamb y'all grilling up, I think uh, I think that's an achievement right on its own. Frankly, um, it's uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know the U.S. has a pretty crazy track program if you watch uh or athletics program if you watch the every year you can watch it hell almost every day it feels like you can watch some contest going on in oregon where they held all of the all of the track and field stuff is in eugene uh and uh i think i think it's got to have something to do with nike i'm almost certain it has something to do with nike but uh it's 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 pretty it's pretty interesting oh god he's celebrating what happened we are now into the finals of the beach volleyball on the female side of the draw. Oh. So that's the first time since 2004, I think we've made it through the final, or it might have been the 2000 Olympics that we last made it through to a beach volleyball um, gold medal game. We won it, and um, so hopefully these girls can repeat. So potentially right. another Australian gold medal. Interesting fact, we... <sighs> Have only four silver medals. We have fifteen gold. Just saying. Oh, well, your first or last, Ricky Bobby, gold medal, absolutely uh, NASCAR driver. I think, yeah. Um, Shaking. Yeah, it's, it's. I've been a little less engaged in the Olympics. I mean, obviously, the Olympics are also. It's it's one of those things, Tony. Like everything else in your life, that you feel like you're enjoying the competition, but then you have to be like, oh yeah, this is horrible to do this (laughs) yep this is bad that we do this it's not good it's like watching the world cup or the gold or any fifa sanctioned event or really almost you know any international sporting type thing that just feels like it's so dirty it's so grimy it's so bad the fact that it's even going off right now feels weird um, because everything's super fucked up and we think everything's fucked up here. I know Japan does a better job of like isolating, but they also have only, you know only thirty percent of the country's vaccinated. So you're just kind of sucking up. They're just absorbing the blow of everybody else being there. It's it's very wild to me. But then again, uh, you can watch archery, which I liked. So that was cool. I yeah, liked I, the archery. So. I watched some archery early on. That's for sure. Um, of course, I think we spoke about the love of handball. It, it's a, I love handball. That's a great sport. Yep. There are a few others that I, I try to watch but didn't really click, click with me. Um, horse dancing, 
doesn't really click with me. And towel flicking, or as they call it in the Olympics, fencing, because that's essentially what it is. It's just people going around with a towel trying to flick it at one another. It just happens to be a metal prong. There's a fellow I uh, did a drum corps with that is a he's a fencing referee for the national sort of some of the national events here in the States um, or whatever they call that umpire referee. I don't know, official, whatever they would call it. But uh, yeah, that's a sport that's, I I think the masks with the little led lights are kind of, kind of cool. I don't know. There's a little (laughs) bit of that. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on in that. I love the archery. The Mexican archer was super vibe, like a whole vibe. That guy was awesome. Um, and I did watch some of the regular equestrian stuff where they're like running and jumping. There's no yeah. dancing. Yes, there they're is. They're sort of running and not in this, oh. not in this particular event, but there Sorry. is, I know there is some kind of horse dancing. This is yeah. just, they run and they jump. And then I just see the thing is like, okay, this is the lady from this place and her horse is 18 and a half years old. I'm like the poor horse, <laughs> go easy on him. He's 18 years old for God's sake. I yep. mean, it's brutal, but again, Australia did well in that. We won a bronze in the uh, teams event, that in the three day event, and we won a silver individually in the three day event. So that's the the horse yeah. dancing dressage, the cross country, which is the best part. And I actually missed the cross country, where they um, go across the countryside and go over like big water jumps, and then oh, they yeah. do a um, show jumping thing at the end, which is. The show jumping for a three-day event is not particularly exciting. Got to say, the the fences are pretty low. But um. yeah, me, me and me and Brian were watching some of that over at their house, and of course, we both got obsessed with the process of how you get a horse to Japan from, pretty say, simple. Mexico. <laughs> pretty simple. You put it in yeah, a plane. You put it on it. You put it in a big airplane, I know, but it's got to be expensive. So oh, there's yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But um, because of how big the Melbourne Cup is these days, uh, it's rare that we get an Australian winner. Most of the horses are tracked over from either Japan or Europe these days to c- compete in the Melbourne Cup. So for us to fly horses in and out, it's something that we've been accustomed to for 20 years where horses sure. come over for one race and then they fly out again. Of course, even in um, even in non-COVID times, because we're scared of animal disease in Australia more than we are of human disease. Oh yeah, um, the horses the horses enter a two-week quarantine anyway, and so they have to do that. The, the Icelandic horses, and there's no Icelandic horses in these types of events. Obviously, they're just a different type of horse. But when they do short shows and stuff, if the horse leaves, it can't come back. It can never come back. Really, that's kind of yeah. Mean. So, I know it feels bad. I feel bad for the horse, but then I guess sometimes the owners just go live with them, <laughs> with the horse, and then and then the horse, you know, eventually it, you, we tend to live longer than horses historically. So then well, you just, and your your horse is gone. But COVID's evening that up. Got to say, yeah, we're racing. We're racing to the finish with it's the the light that you know the the centuries old stare down between us and horses who will dominate <laughs> the planet. Uh, right now we're coming out on top, but you know, that could COVID, might, COVID could easily take us out. It seems like Delta variant, Delta plus. Republicans they, are got, working hard to uh, to change that to change that hierarchy for sure. Yeah, I'm still going to the casino though, Tony. Don't worry. Um, what are you playing? What's your game of choice? Still blackjack? 
Well, I'm going out this weekend. I haven't really played anything this in the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm a bachelor. I'm a bachelor for the weekend, not officially, just fucking as a. I'm I'm by myself this weekend. But now, um, now I have an altered system. Don't get excited, ladies. I'm not, I'm still <laughs> I'm still married. I'm just I'm just hanging out by myself, bouncing around the uh, fucking joints by myself. Now I have an altered system, and I do split winning hands occasionally in blackjack. Mm-hmm. So. Of course, you get on a bit of a heater and you start doubling down. You win two double downs in a row, and you have it have an opportunity to split tens. Go ahead and do that after you've won two double downs. You're either going yeah. to and the guy, the guy next to me pulls a weapon out and blows me away or something. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you're I'm not willing the, to take that I'm risk of splitting tens. No, some, somebody did. Somebody did get blown away at the downtown Grand today. By the way. Uh, Fuck Like yeah, gambling real. dispute or just Unrelated whatever I don't know why okay. Is at 4 in the morning they were walking down Ogden back to Fremont Street I think or back toward um, Whatever Fuck. that is third uh, Yeah not good That was a That was crazy Hopefully it wasn't because they split tens Tony Because that's going to look real bad on you I think yeah. um, anyways, well, Not if bad you know on what, me It's bad on the government all right, fine. Uh, okay, yeah, obviously it's bad. This is not going to be good for the gunman, although they haven't found him yet, so that's one one concern right now. Um, if you guys know what I should do this weekend, where I'll be when I'll be sort of uh, wheeling and dealing at the Sunset Station, uh, put out your favorite. Get on the Discord. Send us an email. Tell me your favorite game to play. Tell me where I should go or what I should do, uh, and I will uh, think about it. Do they I have not, the big I will wheel not commit to doing. What's that? Do they have the big wheel there? Because I'm a big fan of the big wheel. You know. Oh, the big wheel where you just walk into the casino and you give a guy five dollars and they spin the big wheel and they say sorry. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have the big wheel here. You can play the big wheel. Sure. Put twenty dollars on that. Split it up into two no. separate spins. Oh. All right, I'll I'll do the big wheel. Fine, I'll do it. But I don't think I can go to the sunset. I think I'll have to go to. I'll have to go. Um, I'll have to figure out somewhere to go because I'm not going to go downtown or to the strip because that's a little too high risk for me. I think um, I'm sticking to the local joints. Um, I think it's I think that's high transmission zone if you're if you're meandering in with the big crowds in at the Venetian or something. Uh, yeah. So drop us a note. Tell me what what game I should play. Okay, fine. I'll go find the big wheel, Tony, and I will uh, I will let you know how that goes. Um. Tony, I think we were doing some beer drinking this week, if I recall. Uh, you know, from my own memories of drinking beer. Uh, why don't you tell me some some good stuff you were you were you know pulling out of the fridge this weekend? Well, I'm going to change it up this week. I think it's only fair that we occasionally do a beer of the week that isn't a beer. We do mm-hmm. um, go on tangents here, so I've decided to go now. I'm not even sure whether it's a Celsius, even though. I had in the show notes, it's a Celsius. It's a hard tea. And it's by a little um, alcoholic company called Southern Comfort. Are you familiar with Southern oh. Comfort? Yeah, I'm familiar. With, I, I've known, hey, I've known those guys forever. <laughs> little my, my friends over at Southern Comfort, yeah. I think, is what I call them. Well, they now have an iced tea available from your local Richie's IGA for $3 to try. 
per can. All right. If I can find it here, I'll give it a shot, Tony. I don't know if I, I've never seen it here, but I also go to a fancy place. So I'm, I'm probably okay. not going. To, I probably need to go to Lee's or uh, Liquor World or whatever, and I might be able to find it. <laughs> okay. So the total wine. Southern Comfort Peached Iced Tea, specifically the peach variety, is really delicious. Now, is it a, a Celsi? I'm not sure, but. Should it be well, that would be that wouldn't be a seltzer because I don't think it's unless it's a malt beverage, right? So no, if it's a not. beverage with liquor, it's just a you know because we have these two. It's just a packaged cocktail, right? It's a yep. it's a packaged uh, vodka. We have vodka sodas and stuff here, and I'm sure we've I've seen I've seen packaged like Lynchburg lemonades and stuff. Um, so you're you're in the you're into the packaged cocktail world, and I respect that. I've I've had some of those that I've liked. Really easy drinking. You wouldn't even know there's any southern comfort in it. The peach is nice artificial peach. Big fan of artificial fruit. And so can recommend to any Australians, get hold of it. It should be easily available at any um, good retailer or even bad retailer. Would I I suggest importing it to America? No. Um, But it seems to be only available in Australia. Is it really just in Australia? You gotta be kidding me. Um, Southern Comfort Hard Ice Tea. That's weird. I was gonna say I didn't know if you would enjoy the taste of Southern Comfort. I have you had Southern oh. Comfort regular type? <laughs> Absolutely, all the time. Uh, that was a eight, a seventeen, sixteen-year-old drink of choice because mm. it is so sweet. Um, yeah, that is an unpleasant flavor. I can still, I still have. The distinct memory of the taste of that, um, and I don't—it doesn't make me sick or anything, but I do. I can, I can remember the flavor of that, especially with Dr Pepper. That was the spot. That was sort of the popular way to do it. Oh, so, in, in Dr Pepper. No, ours um, was um, what you do sort of puts you... all the southern things together, right? So you get oh, that nasty gross. southern comfort and that the Dr Pepper, which is a very, uh, you know, it's it's. It's the drink of one of the drinks of the South there, and it's pretty nasty, yeah. So what we would do, I'm I'm sure it's exactly the same thing that you guys would do, is get a, you wouldn't get a two litre of Coke, you would get however many ounces two litres is, and and yeah. drink about a, a third to a half of the bottle and then just pour mm-hmm. the Southern Comfort straight into there, walk around with that sucker all night. Yeah, we wouldn't do a two litre. Uh, that's a little big for for us. We would maybe we we would splurge now. Now here's a story that's going to make me sound like a criminal, <laughs> and it was a criminal act actually. So nice. I uh, will, but um, uh, uh, in an und- undisclosed location somewhere in the Midwest, uh, uh, I would um, there would be a there was a certain stadium where a certain uh, marching band would rehearse and. Um, Occasionally, maybe once a week, even. Uh, and they, for some reason, at this stadium, left the concession stand doors wide open, <laughs> untouched. And this stadium is, let's say, it's a hundred years old, because it is that old. Yep. Um, and there is no. There, it was just out there. There's just soda everywhere. Not even you didn't even have to like sneak in anywhere. You just walk up there and there's be stacks of pop, and you're like, "All right." So you just snag a few Pepsis, um, 
and then leave. And then you'd have some 20, some 20 ounce bottles. Usually I wouldn't be a big fan of buying those. Cause when you're in college, you're poor and you're paying extra for that, yeah. you know, kind of small packaging. Um, nah, whatever I got them. So then you got your diet Pepsi or you got your Pepsi or you got your, uh, sometimes you get a Dr. Pepper or something and you dump some, uh, you, yeah, you top it off with a little uh, SoCo or Jack or whatever. Jack, we couldn't afford. Ten High. At, <laughs> Ten Evan high. Williams really isn't that bad. I do remember buying Evan Williams and thinking it was shit, but it really isn't shit. Um, well, it's mid level, probably. But I'm I'm going to tell this story because the um, stadium is no longer a stadium. It's now a housing development. Back when I was just under legal drinking age, what we would do to sneak alcohol into the Australian rules football is we would repackage our Jack Daniels. Um, for whatever reason, at that point, Jack Daniels wasn't the price it is now. It was the same price as Jim Beam, and we didn't actually have a cheap bourbon in Australia at that point. We would actually um, package our Jack Daniels into the um, juice containers that had the pop-up oh, lid. Yeah. Yep. And the colour was identical to certain brands of that juice. And what you would do is have um, four out of the five be real juice and then just two of the middle containers be be straight bourbon and then you would tip them in and that's how you got around uh, bringing in alcohol to events where you um, weren't allowed to have them and certainly we were underage at the time. Yeah, we had done that too. At, at that at that very same stadium, you weren't allowed to drink, uh, even as a even as an at age. They didn't sell beer. You weren't allowed wow. to have beer. Yeah, big t- the big tents fucked up, man. Um, so you could uh, so we would sneak, we'd sneak bottles in once we were once we had graduated and everything, and we were coming back to games. We'd be like, well, better haul in a yeah. coke bottle or whatever. I I have to tell this story in sneaking things into events. Probably the most. Uh, boss move we ever had was a friend of ours during the spring carnival we were all of legal age at this point was a nurse and spring carnival the drinks are hideously expensive so it's the event before the melbourne cup a hundred thousand people turn up it's the victoria derby it's the best day of horse racing in australia but they don't want people bringing alcohol in from outside and they search your bags and, and they know the juice box technique. They know they know most techniques. People put them in the ice blocks and things like that to get alcohol in. But she bought juice boxes and she was a nurse and she used a syringe to syringe out the juice out of the juice boxes and then injected bourbon into these juice boxes while they were still in the package, in the shrink package. So we were able to get um, alcohol in via juice boxes. Just looked like we were drinking juice boxes um, completely on the download. Absolutely perfect way of sneaking beverages in. Our bags were searched. They searched them. Shrink was still on. Perfect. Amazing. Hey, great idea. I love that. I think I've heard of. I think I've heard of that technique. Um, uh, Although I, I believe the person who was doing it is an insulin patient, which was even more fucked up and funny. So pretty good. Uh, Tony, my beer this week, my top beer of the week. I got to give it out for a Vegas beer, Tony. What? Holy shit, made. Tony, you even probably know this brewery and might have even been to it or have had beers from it. The venerable Big Dogs Brewing yes. Company. I have. Yes. Uh, an wow. absolute classic. I have always liked Big Dog's beer. They do make delicious beer. 
I do love their pub. Their pub is the classic Vegas style pub with all the fucking video poker machines. If you walk in when it's sunny out, immediately your eyes will turn off when you walk in. You cannot see you. You will hit the wall when you walk into the (laughs) foyer there. Uh, Just smack your head right on it. Um, They make the best, the best chili I've had in Vegas. It is so fucking good, dude. Uh, if it were not 113 degrees outside, I would be. I would totally go get some. But it's really, really good. Good food. Good spot. I'll forgive it for being a Wisconsin bar, or whatever. We'll let that. We'll let that slide. But I didn't go there, Tony. I actually had this beer at the place I've talked about before that I love. A place called the Silver Stamp. Um, a newer bar, beer bar in town, has a very 70s dad's basement feel to it. It's very cool. Um, and they had probably the best Big Dogs beer I've ever had called Naughty Dog. It is their barley wine aged in Smoke Wagon bourbon barrels. Smoke Wagon is a local bourbon producer. Um, yeah, absolutely fucking killer, dude. This is, I'm not going to say it's on par with Straight Jacket, <laughs> but it's in it's in the team picture with Straight Jacket in the best, like, sharp bourbon flavor barrel aged barley wines I've had. I mean, this has a, this has a fusel taste. I mean, a very pleasant, um, alcohol taste. You can really detect the bourbon, the smoke wagon bourbon, much like with, with straight jacket has a very distinctive flavor. So there's a smokiness to it. that has all the sweetness, has all the English toffee taste, has all that caramel, vanilla, everything you want out of that beer. It is an absolute winner. I mean, so, I'll, I'll always miss having the endless supply of Revolution beers at my disposal, but if if Big Dogs is kicking that out every year, um, I'll I'll be able to piece it together. I think so. Yep. Naughty Dog, you are a big time winner. Big Dogs, also quick shout out to Big Dogs. Uh, I did go to the I did hit up the old uh, drop a twenty in the video poker machine at the M, uh, where they have all those million beers. And um, our friend, I know our friend uh, uh, Max Allotment had said that uh, he posted on my on my Untapped and said, "Oh man, if that Golden Road is the best beer you can get, it's gone downhill." There are still some good beers there. I'm just often careful with trying some of them because the lines might not be, might have been opened in a while, <laughs> so I'm not sure what I'm getting out of it. But they had a big dogs, the big dogs, dirty dog IPA. They're straight straight ahead West Coast IPA, very very good. So. Now Big they, dogs, you're you're doing it right. You're hitting the, you're hitting the target. So shout out to those guys. They produce a couple of lagers. Do their lagers rate? They've got just a, a standard Vegas one, and then they've got an American light. How do they rate on your your lager radar? You got to drink the Vegas lager out of the can because a lot of times it'll be on draft at these casinos, and it fucking na- it tastes nasty because ah, it's not. Ones. It's so it's so light it's so light i mean it is an american light lager for sure but if it's hot out and you got the cold can of it i think it's great i think it's fine i sort of like the vegas like i like the the setup of it it's got a little bit of a slight retro feel to it it's pretty good um i think it's fine um i haven't tried any of their other hoppier lager stuff like pilsners and stuff but uh i gotta get back over to the to the spot and and try it actually used to make a great like English mild English style like bitter type beer, yeah, that I always enjoyed too. So we'll see if they're bringing that back. 
Uh, Tony, why don't we uh, hit up a cl- our favorite seg? Uh, I actually have a new one this week, so we can get people excited. It's Griff's Logger of the Week. All right, the Logger of the Week back again, presented by Pilsen Malt. I don't know, whatever. Um, Einbecker, Tony. Einbecker, are you familiar with Einbecker? I am. The German Logger. See, yeah, I had not really had it. I knew it come in the. I knew it came in those uh, green, green bottles, right? Yeah. Uh, if, yep. if I'm not mistaken, you get the green bottle of the Einbecker. Yes, that's right, Einbecker in the green bottle. Um, so I never felt like it's just not something I would ever buy from the liquor store here because I'm not feeling super confident. Much like Pilsner or Kell, sometimes. Yep. Not feeling super confident that I'm getting the best tasting version of that <laughs> beer. Um, if I buy the uh, green bottle version of it, well, at uh, at Silver Stamp, they always have a fine selection of German and international style lagers uh, and various other beers, and they had the Einbecker Brauren Pils on draft. And good lord, was that good out of in in the uh, Einbecker glass, the Einbecker sort of twenty ounce glass with a nice whip on that on that <laughs> bad boy. Um, what a fantastic lager that was! Uh, tasted one hundred percent fresh. Uh, didn't have any of that green bottle skunking to it or anything that you'd often get from something like that, or that I feel like I would get from them in the past. This is a one hundred percent a winner. Um, and was by far my favorite lager I drank this week. Absolutely delightful. Now, why do breweries continue to put these beers in green bottles? Like, I understand when these were designed that that was, that was perhaps the only glass where they could get or it was a way to differentiate without realising what was happening to the beer. But surely they must know that there's a huge difference when these beers are travelling to supermarkets between the green bottle variant and what people can get on draft. I don't understand why the, these companies continue to do this. Heineken is is the biggest example of this, where Heineken on tap is fine in clean lines. It's, it's nothing to write home about, but it's disgusting in bottles. It's, it's not yeah, necessarily no, a skunk really mess, but it is a mess of a beer. I just well, Tony, don't get I it. Just- I did just post something into the beer chat channel on our Discord. By the way, gang, join our Discord. Had lots of good activity this week. Um, and we had some lies. And had and had yes, and we had some disasters on there too. But it's a, uh, it's it's a, uh, it's been a win overall. We'll say. But I did post in the beer chat there. The Einbecker cans are coming. Tony, I hope. So let's see if we can get some bra and pills in cans. I think we'll all be feeling better about it then. Uh, in that case, I will be at the store uh, soon to give me some of that because that shit was very, very tasty. So congrats to Einbecker. You have won the highest honor in the beer world. What a win for them. Uh, did I they're going to need that. Not sure whether I did. But I should have played the jingle. Now, you were talking if it was available in cans. There is a variety available in cans. I did do some Googling. It's an unfiltered version, 
So they're putting their unfiltered version into cans, but putting their filtered version into green bottles. I'm Becker. Is this one that I posted in the beer chat? In Is that the unfiltered version? No, there you go. Don't know where you found that. Yeah, that's what I want. No, I just found a picture of it. I Google imaged it, so maybe <laughs> maybe it'll exist. I don't know. It is available Bring in that. a big keg. I can I can see plenty of pictures in the big keg. No, maybe I'll get a big keg of it. I don't know. Well, That's see. good too. Or I'll just keep going to Silver Stamp because I'm probably going to go this weekend, and then I'm going to go around the corner, Tony, yep. and go to the Atomic Tavern and play some uh, fucking video poker and drink <laughs> a free Buffalo Trace Old Fashioned. And um, that's a win. That is a win. You're yeah, fully vaccinated, so if you get COVID, no big deal. Um, sounds yeah. like a 100% win there. Buffalo Trace I'm not going to really say no big deal, but I am, I am going to keep my – I do have my – I will have my med, medical mask and my cloth mask on still just because I really don't want to get sick still. I'm just going to not get sick. Have you ever thought about taking your own, like, contraption of a metal straw that – you could poke in through your mask. It, it, it seems almost to defeat the purpose. I just, I just say I'm more willing to tug it down for like the, the three, maybe two seconds of uh, sipping my drink than to do that. But um, we'll see how crowded it is. If it's not crowded, I don't even care. Whatever. I'll just chill out without it. But that's Cause, right. Because I actually thought about if you were able to um, change the valve on a snorkel, put the snor- snorkel upside down go down into the drink and have the valve work when you suck up rather than when you blow out. Perfect solution. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do is put a hole in the in the mask. I think that's the way to make it highly effective is <laughs> is my uh, my vision. Oh, those people. No, you disagree. All well, right. I actually uh, think well, the there's most a lot effective- of them on, There's people buying them. There's people buying the – I mean, there's the guys, the goofballs who buy the ones that are like the non-mask mask or – whatever, that are just mesh, and they say, all right, well, you don't believe in the mask, but this will get you away from the restrictions or whatever. Dumb shit. Motherfuckers, I, whatever. I, I tell you my most favorite version of that. It was a woman of COVID death age, let, let's say that, mm. and she was wearing a mask that she'd crafted herself. So she'd gone to the effort of crafting this herself. She actually crocheted the mask. And if you're familiar with crocheting, there I know, are massive holes. holes. In it, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a knitting thing. Yeah, no, it's not good. Uh, yeah, that's real bad. But I am going to go gamble this weekend, and I'll probably hit Silver Stamp, and maybe I'll walk over to get some pizza after too. It's a good place called Good Pie, and I'll get me some Detroit style pizza from. That sounds tasty. Now, um, Detroit yes. style pizza. I've just come to realize the sort of. What it actually is, thanks the to a um, good, first we feast channel. Of it. Yeah, it's very uh, good. Yeah, because there's a show on first we feast on the YouTube called Pizza Wars, and they've been doing a couple of um, regional varieties. They've done, of sure. course, the New York style, the Chicago style, and they've just recently done all. done the Detroit style. I just and thought the De- Detroit style was a rectangular version of a normal pie, but it's not really. It's about that cheese interaction with the tray. Yeah, uh, dude. It sounds really yeah. delicious when done right. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and Good Pie does some fucked up versions of it too. So Izzy's, which is a place in town, gets it so crusty. I mean, it is like 
it is caramelized. It is borderline like over the edge, which is exactly where I want it. But good pot, it does it really well too. But they just make all these crazy fun, and they, the sauce, everything is so good. The hand, everything's like very handmade. But they've been doing this stuff where they essentially take the Detroit style and they cut it like a sandwich bread. Yep. If that makes sense. It does. Like if you were cutting a focaccia in half, yep. essentially, like like whatever you would call that uh, so for a sandwich, you're going to put, and then they will stick chicken parm in the middle of it. Oh. <laughs> so I just feel like I did a Homer Simpson impression without meaning yeah. to do an impression right there. I mean, it is it is good morning burger levels of absolute death. I mean, I can't imagine what my what you would feel like after that, but there aren't enough underbergs on earth to fix that problem. But no, it sounds fucking awesome to me. It, it does. Maybe I'll do that. You definitely need to try that because you know my favorite pub food is a good fashioned chicken palm. So to have chicken yeah, palm and pizza mushed together in a way that works. Mm. Some sort of alien Frankenstein thing. Yeah, that's what we want. So sounds like sounds like a weekend treat, getting bed by 730. That's what we all want anyways, right? No, not even tempted to go to the Sunset Station. That's ideal. Uh, Tony, uh, it's time for another segment. We're going to bring it back. Took a couple weeks off, but it's back. It's time for Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Tony, there was actually a bunch of beer in the regular news this week, and I don't know if it's because people want to get away from goofy COVID stuff or if there is just, I guess, just important stuff happening. I I wouldn't really call either of these things particularly important, but this one has been all over the place here in the States, Tony. Um, A LaGuardia traveler posted a photo of a restaurant selling a $28 Sam Adams beer prompting a price audit of the entire menu. So this this exploded. This was like, this was fucking uh, 9-11 rolled up with the OKC bombings, rolled up with Bin Laden capture. It was all, it was the biggest news story for eight seconds I've ever seen. But that's as long as, it, and then everybody forgot about it. But for five minutes, I could not stop seeing this story. I mean, it was, I mean, they broke into the Olympics. They broke into the middle of fucking, uh, whatever your favorite TV show is, Love Island, right? They broke in <laughs> and they said, breaking news. Somebody just paid $28 for a beer at LaGuardia. Um, they surrounded the restaurant with a full SWAT team. Weapons drawn, by the way. Um, they took out the bartender, obviously, so rip to that guy. But um, no, not really. I'm just kidding. But. $28 beer. This was fucking the biggest goddamn beer story in history for a minute. Um, so a traveler tweeted a photo on July 7th of a drinks menu at the airport's restaurant, and it showed a sky-high price for Sam Adams Summer Ale. So this beer, I don't know if you can see the picture, Tony, or the tweet. Don't bother. It just shows this this menu at LaGuardia. So I know LaGuardia has been getting renovated because it was when I was last time, and I was there last time. And this is fancy right here at a place called the Beer Garden. So Tony, they have um, they have at the bottom here Sam Adams Summer Ale Draft. I don't know if you ever had Sam Summer Ale. I don't no. think you've probably ever had a Sam Adams, probably. But yeah, uh, I certainly have had plenty of Sam Adams. Oh, just Boston, Boston Lager. Lager. All right, so I've had the Summer Ale. It's whatever. 
It's crisp and tangy with refreshing lemon peel and a hint of pepper from the rare grains of paradise. Uh, 5.3 alcohol by volume, and it says on the little iPad menu, 27.85 for this beer. But um, that is not the price you pay because there is a 10% surcharge. This is not a 10% surcharge. So add another 279 to that, and you're getting to 30. What that? $30.60 or something. Yep. And uh, that, that COVID, that, sorry, that, that charge is a COVID recovery charge. How the fuck do they work that out? That they're somehow special and they're the only ones, yeah, they're the only business. Some places have been doing that, yeah. That is yeah, they bullshit. were the only ones who dealt with COVID actually. Now, so, now honestly, this menu, I do want to point out, I mean, all the beers are very expensive. I went to a ballpark yesterday where the beers were not this expensive. No. Uh, which is amazing and not even close, really. I've been to Wrigley Field many times and never paid anywhere close to this for a beer. Um, LaGuardia is a pretty shitty airport. I'm sure the I'm sure the renovations are nice, but they're not this fucking nice. Um, I also know it's New York City, but fuck that. Uh, this is crazy. So first of all, Sam Adams, Summer Ale Draft. Where would you rate this? So this beer list has one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's quick rate the beers, Tony. All right, okay. real fast. We're going to rank them. All right. So oh, no, number nine number... is... Sorry, go ahead. What, what? It's, it's, it's eight. Sorry, it's eight. So number yeah. eight is Michelob, Michelob Ultra. Right, sure. that's number eight to me. Uh, number seven, I'm putting Heineken. Yep. Uh, if it's me, number six, I'm probably doing... I'll probably do the Angry Orchard, even though I think it's fine, but I usually don't want to drink a big-ass apple cider. That's not for me. Yep. Uh, five, I'm going to throw in the Boston Lager. Four, Fat Tire. Three, I'm going to say, is the uh, the Summer Ale, if I'm just rating the beer on pr- without the price. Fair enough. Uh, two, I'll say the Greenport, and number one is obviously V and Steffener. Hefeweizen. That's one of the best beers on the planet. So, first of all, I got a bitch at this guy for buying the $28 beer. Just get the $18 V and Stefaner. What are you doing? Yeah. shit. Or even the um, <laughs> even the Porter or the, the Porter. I don't know anything about the Porter, but it's a local. It seems like it's some kind of local beer. I don't know. Greenport. I don't know anything about them. So, maybe it's in around here. So, Black Ale that puts the f- flavor of malt front and center. Oh, interesting. It has a mild hop character that balances strong notes of cock. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it just says COC at the end, so don't don't at me. But, uh, you know, the V and Steffner is the best. I would say if you're really in the mood for a dark beer, go with the Porter. But what do we do with the Summer Ale, $28? I would just say, damn, what the fuck's wrong with that? I'm just going to ignore that. Yep. But somebody complained, or they just tweeted, and maybe that's a – and guess what? They went viral, so – Good for them, I guess. But $28 summer ale, Tony, would you pay it? I would not be paying $31 for a um, Boston, Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company summer ale draft. Um, Even though they said it was for a 23-ounce drink and it was priced incorrectly, I would not be paying that price for that beer. So, Tony... Let's try to figure out a scenario where would, you would even pay for the V and Steffener. So, what what airplanes, what airport situation would you have to be stuck in where you say, 
I am whatever. I will just pay twenty dollars because that's about right with the charge, right? It'll yep. be twenty dollars for me to drink this twenty-three ounce uh, Hefeweizen. Okay. What I is can, that? What is that going to take? I can I can tell you this exact situation. It has taken place in real life. This okay, is not a right, hypothetical perfect. situation. It happened on my very first trip to Las Vegas. So okay. I flew in from Australia. I was scheduled to have a three-hour layover. I arrive in America at LAX to all of a sudden find my flight had been cancelled. I was not put oh, on no. the next flight. I was not put on the flight after that. That three-hour layover turned in to a 14-and-a-half-hour layover. Ryan could have driven out, picked you up, and driven back. Yes, but at the time you were living in Chicago, so I don't think... Oh, you... not me. I said Brian. <laughs> oh, I'm, Brian. I'm not, I didn't live here. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, but we just know he wouldn't do that, so that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way in fucking hell he would do it. Yeah. So um, I, um, I had nothing else to do. I was not in the Tom Bradley... Um, wing of LAX. This is before the LAX yeah, yeah, right. uh, upgrade. It wasn't right. um, anything as nice as Vine Stefana. I think it was Gordon Bish um, had a brew party. Nothing wrong with that. No. And they had an IPA and they had it in basically a 23-ounce glass. And sure. it, it was about 15 or $16. What else am I going to do? My only other food choices was the California Pizza Kitchen or McDonald's. That was basically I mean, it. Honestly, Gordon Beer's beers are fine to me. Actually, I think if they had the Czech Pills, that's a perfectly lovely beer. I would I would maybe pay thirteen bucks for that beer. But um, Tony, that's brutal. Uh, it's funny because at at uh, O'Hare, I would always complain that. They had they had like fucking Rick Bayless's breweries beers at Rick Bayless's restaurant, and they'd be like eight seventy five. I'm like fucking a eight seventy five, and you're paying four times as much or whatever for for this shit. Like, I mean, at least even there, you're getting a local thing. I'm not saying yeah. it's better than V and Stefan or whatever. No. I'm not gonna say that. I mean, what is? But it's cool, and you're getting a local like beer and you're eating a torta from the same place and you're like oh damn this beer costs 950 maybe it was 950 i don't fucking know but still compared to this i mean it's a it's a it's a order of magnitude less than than yep. these the cost of these so now when i flew out of chicago i didn't actually fly out of um o'hare i flew out of the other one um midway midway and of course the only thing of note there is really the pot belly they've got a pot belly there and you can- pot belly we have one in Vegas now, Tony. We got Pop Belly. I got to go get some peppers. Their hot peppers are fucking yep. tasty, dude, with the olives and everything. Yeah. So I got to run over there. I actually have a birthday sandwich waiting for me, so I got to gotta hit that up. Um, Tony, all right. One more piece of important hyper beer nerd dork shit news we have to get to. Oh, oh my God. Uh, here it is. So, Tony... Uh, this was the other thing that they uh, that the fucking FBI uh, had to break into a building, uh, weapons drawn, uh, flying like Mission Impossible style, flying out of the vents to uh, to hold somebody hostage to tell us because this shit another one. 
that I can't get away from. This news has been blasted at me from 600 different directions. But the unfortunate thing about it is it's not funny like someone paying $30 for a beer. <laughs> you know, uh, some beers have died, Tony. We have lost some beers this year. And I thought it was only right um, for us to memorialize uh, these beers that the Molson Coors Company has decided to shut down these brands. Uh, some classic brands here uh, that everyone, that most people here in the States will remember. We'll see if you if you have any familiarity with any of these. Um, but I thought we could the only way we could uh, properly honor them was through an Academy Award style in memoriam reciting. And uh, Tony, you can guess which one that I give the hammer to. We can find out. Actually, you probably already know because uh, it, you're in the show notes. But um, Tony, why don't we hit the music and let's learn. Let's let's memorialize some of our favorite beers we lost over the last couple days. Henry Weinhard's Private Reserve. Ice House Edge. Key Lightful. Key Lightful. We honor you, Key Lightful. Which I think is a Natty Natter Days ripoff. Keystone Ice. Uh, I think, I'm not sure that was the red can or the black can Keystone, but I think I had it in college. Boy, that's sad to lose. Magnum. Not actually sure what that is. <laughs> this is a bad one. This is a good one you put in the middle. Mickey's Ice. Mickey's Ice. Rip to Mickey's Ice. The strong version of Mickey's Hand Grenades. Miller High Life Light. Oh my god. Miller High Life Light. The shitty version of Miller High Life. Milwaukee's Best Premium. R.I.P. Old English High Gravity 800. <laughs> Ham's Special Light. One of the one of college beer I bought when I was 21 that was $3.99 for a 24-pack. The light version of Ham's. And the ultimate hammer, Tony. Steel Reserve 211. Oh, no. Steel Reserve 211 rip. Steel Reserve. We'll always miss you. Steel Reserve was really like the uh, Christopher Plummer or whatever of the <laughs> of the group. Steel, Steel Reserve Two Eleven, I believe, is the Steel is Steel Reserve. I think that's the Steel Reserve. Tony, I'm not sure if you know anything about Steel Reserve or are familiar I don't. with Steel Reserve. This is Steel I'm, Reserve is malt, it's malt, malt liquor. Oh. I mean, it's fucking shitty malt liquor that they have. You know, thirty. 32 ounce, 24 ounce, 32 ounce cans of and 40s of. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I would guess a lot of it gets sold here in Vegas, actually, yep. and in a lot of college towns. Um, I did see somebody post that when they were like in college, they went through in Philadelphia <laughs> that they just know a lot of college kids in Philly went through a ton of steel reserve. Um, that's sort of a brutal one. I didn't care about it. I, 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 maybe the only time I ever drank steel reserve was when we would play a game called Edward 40 hands when I was in college. If you know what that is, 
Or you can take a guess of what it is. Oku doesn't um, use the duct tape, and it's got to be the... Um, yeah, we did duct tape. It's got to be the silver version of the duct tape, right? Can't be yeah, the black it's got to be the worst kind. You're right, yeah, you yeah. got to rip some arm hairs out when you when you pull that shit off, dude. Now, this is Old a... Old English 800, I was, I was worried about OE 800, but it's the high-gravity version, which okay. I'm not sure how much higher gravity we needed to make... Yeah, I was worried Old about English that too. Because I have um, had Old English in Vegas, but I didn't know there was a higher gravity version. Must come in at 8%. Now, I have a problem with the whole malt liquor industry right now. And this is, um, I think, a big downfall of the industry. I understand that, that glass is dangerous, but why did they move to can malt liquor? I get that you can't always use glass, but that's why plastic bottles were invented. I think malt liquor needs to be served in a clear vessel with a screw-top okay. lid. It's the way it was designed. Cans, that is the death knell of malt liquor, and I think that's what's brought it undone. Okay, interesting. I think the the reasons I can come up with are uh, safety <laughs> Is one, I guess. Move to and plastic. Then, yeah, good point. They should have moved to those big plastic bottles. That's that's something they could easily done. Um, that's what we've done at um, sporting events where you can't have glass. We yeah, we moved yeah, to plastic. plastic bottles for a while. Um, hard on, ice on the on the strip and in downtown, they've switched everything to plastic and aluminum. Um, yeah, there are. I actually was not familiar with some of. Some of these brands, Tony, outside of the malt liquors, I actually knew all of the malt liquors very well. <laughs> Old English, Steel Reserve, and Mickey's. I, I actually, the first version of this I saw had Mickey's um, just normal, but I didn't realize it was Mickey's Ice, which would, I presume, be another high-gravity version it is. of Mickey's. Um, but Mickey's was a college classic that came in what were called, we would call hand grenades, um, they're just these little like bottle, little square squat looking bottles. And uh, you could um, you could try to kill yourself by throwing them in sealed into a uh, bonfire <laughs> and, yep. and blow them up. Yeah. Very those, stupid idea. Those, those bottles, they look like a water bottle that you would get at a casino. You know, the really small squat water bottles. They do. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of what they look like. Now, I, I uh, just Googled, Googled uh, Mickey's yeah. Ice. You barely know they're a Mickey's bottle because the ice branding on them is huge. Um, but there is mm. one of the first Google images that popped up for me is a guy I thought that was doing like a Badland Chugs kind of thing, but he's actually doing a tasting of Mickey's versus Mickey's Ice. And he's using Sam Adams IPA glasses to taste, do the taste test. Dude, this stuff must be so bad. I have a I have a distinct memory. This is not an embarrassing story anymore because it happened 20 years ago. But, um, well, okay, not 20 years ago. Let's say 18, 6, 17 years ago. But uh, there used to be a – I'm not sure if this still exists. This wasn't a Molson Coors outfit. But there was a, um, there was a malt liquor called – it was from Sch the Schlitz Company called Schlitz Bull Ice. Uh <laughs> And this was some rancid stuff, dude. And I must, I was, I was shit faced, I'm sure. But, uh, I, I like ended up trying to pound, like, I don't know, 
to you know the big 24 ounce bottles it wasn't a 40 it was one of those monster 24 ounce bottles i was trying to like knock the whole thing down and was i was out of, I was tied on 32 a maybe a 32 i don't know and i was maybe a third of the way through it so i was like maybe i'll just finish it try to take it down and immediately get like throw it back up still cold it came <laughs> up cold which is an all-time feeling to have cold vomit come out of you but uh I was 19, probably. Really fucking stupid thing to do. But that was some nasty stuff. Most of these things are very nasty. I'm not entirely... I, I remember Key Lightful getting released. Yeah, this is like a Natterdays um, looking thing. So they had... Um, yeah, Strop, they had a... Uh, this was raspberry and lime. So like a Natterdays type flavored, heavily flavored beer. That sounds pretty bad. Uh, so yeah, some really nasty stuff. The ones, the ones that really weren't—they were bad, but they weren't that bad. Are Ham Special Light and Miller High Life Light, relatively respectable light shit light beers. Um, so the Ham's original brand, thank God, is sticking around, and uh, Miller High Life will, of course, be around for for as long as I have anything to say about it, which isn't very long, probably. So. Um, <laughs> Yes, because so there, was, to those. there was some consternation over the Miller High Light Life. Uh, yeah, the Miller High Life Light in the Discord, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, well, they were concerned about Miller High Life, I think, but it's just the light, so that's going to survive. The last... Henry Weinhardt's Private Reserve. I slightly remember something about Henry Weinhardt's being in some of the beer craft beer history books that I read, but not much. And um, when I hear Henry Weinhardt's private reserve, I just think of, what was it, like W.K. Duff's private reserve or something <laughs> that Homer orders <laughs> with his $25 from Pumpkin Futures or something. Um, I, I, uh, I, I don't know anything about that beer. So, And Ice House Edge, no idea. Milwaukee's best premium. As long as Milwaukee's best ice sticks around, I think there's nothing more important than that. So. So see you later to these beers, but they're all dead, and we found out 300 times this week. So big beer news in the in just like the mainstream fucking the the mainstream media, Tony. What the fuck, you know? They were out there with beer news this week. You know, yeah. come, come to the real sources like us and Newsmax or whatever. <laughs> yeah, one American news, but I was just mm-hmm. reading a news article from one of these fake news outlets. And there was a bit of corporate speak in there that just really spoke to me. It was by the the um, Molson Coors CEO, and he said it's a meaning, meaningfully streamlining and premiumizationing of our US portfolio. How is that for some corporate PR bullshit? No, I, 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 yeah, I mean premium my ass you know i mean so so the funny thing is so tony silverstamp used to carry lone star on their number on their draft line number one uh they have switched to hams original which i respect much better in fully 100 percent. so uh hams hams if hams uh gavin hattersley now boy that sounds like a fake name doesn't it uh Meaningfully streamlining, lining, and premiumizing. All right, God. Yes. I'll ask Kelly if she wrote that. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, all right, Tony. All this talk about these retro beers and all this old shit. 
it, it got me thinking since you're not as familiar and we'll find out how familiar you are. Maybe you'll know all these like you did roller coasters, but um, it got me thinking that maybe the, there's some, there's a two brews hiding in here. Uh, so that was a lie. So I put together a little two brews and a lie game for you. And uh, this, this week's version uh, and this, and I do want to remind everybody that I tell them every time this is the hardest game to write. So I just want that to be clear. I want yep. everyone to appreciate how sure. much effort I have to put into this. But this this week's version is American Retro Beers, Tony. Uh, I have put together some some discontinued, some still kind of exist in different ways. Uh, American retro, what I would call retro beers, or what we call retro beers here. Uh, I'd say a beer like Old Style fits into the retro beer yep. uh, portfolio. Something like Hams Miller or High even Life. Miller High Life, I think, is in, in there for sure. I think Schlitz is maybe oh, like that too, to right? Yeah. yeah. So I've got some real ones. I've got some fake ones. Some of them don't exist. Some of them do. That doesn't really matter. It's just a real. are they real or is it me making it up out of my big brain? So I got three rounds as usual, Tony. We know how the game works. Two of two beers in each round are real life beers that really existed, that some person really made up and brewed for probably a long ass time, um, especially in the pre-prohibition era, when lots of breweries dotted the landscape. Tony, there were thousands of little breweries making lager, uh, making beer. Uh, many of them by German or European immigrants or Eastern European immigrants. Um, in in all kinds of places, and but some of these I just made up because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Whatever. That's the way to do so, it. Just name them yep. Augustus, and it sounds genuine. Yep, exactly. Uh, and all of these, I, I will clarify that every single one of all of these beers, I guess, are probably owned by Pabst now. Would be my guess. Pretty much, pretty much all of them, I would say, are owned by Pabst. So. There you go. They own all the retro beer now. But here we go. Here's round one, Tony. What I'm going to give you for these, because there aren't descriptions of really any of these beers, even the ones that do exist, there's not really anything interesting. I really am just giving you more of the history because this is more of a history lesson than it is anything else. All the beers are fucking the same, dude. They're just, it's, it's light lager, American lager. It's all the same shit, okay? So what I'm going to give you is the founding year, okay? the city it's from. And I put together, I managed to dig up a couple sentences on various sites about each of these breweries. So the, the challenge with that is some of them are longer, some of them are shorter. It's much like the beer descriptions, right? Some guys describe the beer in one sentence. Sometimes there's two, sometimes there's four. You just can't tell. So uh, I tried to keep them as like standardized as possible, but uh, it's going to be a little bit variable. So. Let's see how we do. Here's round one. Round one, number one. The first one I got for you is called Falstaff Beer. It was founded in 1848 in St. Louis, Missouri. Originally introduced by the Lemp Brewery, Falstaff Beer was just one of several different brands offered by the largest brewery in St. Louis prior to Prohibition. The Lemps chose the Shakespearean character for the name of their new beer due to Sir John Falstaff's reputation as a jolly, fun-loving knight. 
So that's false staff. Okay. Um, not sure where I stand on that. Let's see if they get more outrageous from there. Next up, this one's called Allegheny Beer. Allegheny was founded in 1887 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Founded by J.A. Cotnock, who was one of the thousands of Scots-Irish immigrants that came into Pittsburgh to work in the steel industry during the Industrial Revolution, he named the beer after the Allegheny River, which runs through Pittsburgh, and provided the brewery with its water. Okay. The name made me laugh, but that could, could be the red herring. Gotcha. Next up is Schaefer Beer, founded in 1842 in New York City. It was founded in 1842 by bread brothers Frederick Schaefer and Maximilian Karl Emil Schaefer, natives of Wetzlar, Germany. Frederick immigrated to the U.S. in 1838, followed by Maximilian in 1839. Maximilian brought the recipe for lager beer with him from Wetzlar, and they eventually saved up enough money to acquire the former Summers Brewing Company in New York. Mm. And Schaefer Beer in New York City. The last one, for whatever reason, doesn't ring true for me. The other two have got these red herrings, and I think if you were going to try and hide a fake beer description in, in somewhere, I don't think you would put a red herring like that actually in there. So I'm going to go... With the last one, I don't think Schaefer's real. I think there's beers similarly named, but I don't think this one is correct. All right, you're going with Schaefer. Okay, Tony, that is incorrect. Uh, I made up the second one. Allegheny beer was made up by me. Uh, cooked that one up out of my brain. Cocknock or whatever his name was. should have J.A. Catnock. 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 Uh, J.A. Catnock, he was a Scots-Irish immigrant that came to Pittsburgh to work in the steel industry. So that is cool. And a lot of people did do that. And maybe somebody started a brewery by doing that. I don't actually know, but I made that up. Maybe that's how Iron City started. Beats me. I don't know. Um, all right, let's try again. You still got two left. You can still get on top here. Let's okay. see. All right, we'll, we'll give it another shot. Next up, round two. Another three here. This one is called QC Gold. It is founded in 1839 in Charlotte, North Carolina. One of America's oldest breweries. It was founded by British immigrant James Spratt when he brought land in the Wilmore area of Charlotte. The name was a reference to Charlotte's nickname, the Queen City, as well as the nearby establishment of the Charlotte Mint. Okay. All right, next up is National Bohemian, 1885 in Baltimore, Maryland. In 1885, the Wunder Brewery was sold at foreclosure sale to members of the Strauss family, who later incorporated the business as the National Brewing Company. In 1885, National Brewing Company began brewing their flagship National Bohemian Beer by the Barrel. It has a cult following in Baltimore, and to this day, 90% of its production is consumed in the Charm City. Okay, that I could believe. But is it really the Charm City? I don't know anything about Baltimore. Baltimore, Baltimore is the Charm City. I will give you that for free. 
Yeah. Duff Goldman was on Charm City Cakes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about Duff. I you, only you think can of Buddy these for days. I'm giving you that. I'm giving yep. you that one. Okay. All right. Yep. And the third one is called Rheingold Beer, founded in 1883 in New York City. Brewery founder Samuel Liebman immigrated to the U.S. with his family where they opened this brewery. It quickly became the beer of the Brooklyn working class. In 1962, the German-American brand became the official beer of the then-new New York Mets. Oh, I could believe that. Um... I'm thinking that the first one, the name just doesn't seem right for a brewery of that age. It just reminds me of like QVC, the the shopping channel. (laughs) Yeah, I do watch that actually. I've said that before. (laughs) I know you do, Um, which I do as well. Who doesn't love watching one hour trying to sell a sewing machine? Um, David selling me some spices or something. I love that. (laughs) All right, so you're going with QC Gold. I am going with QC Gold. Uh, the other two rang truer to me, but I do have my suspicions about the last one, but I'm going to go with my first instinct, and that's the QVC Gold. Tony, QVC Gold. Uh, well, the QVC credit card is is all too real, Tony, and let me tell you why you should <laughs> pick yourself up a QVC credit card. Uh, you can order in an instant. You get on the phone. You can tell. Okay, it's QC Gold is the fake one. You're right, Tony. I made that one up. I actually like that one. Uh, James Spratt, I thought was a good name. <laughs> we have uh, a cyclist in the Olympics. Her name? Amanda Spratt. So that didn't... I knew it was a... Because uh, I looked up just like British last names. Yeah. Yep. I was... Uh, the problem with doing this game, Tony, and this would be the, this is probably the reason why you and Brian could never have done anything like this, or Brian couldn't have. It takes work. I'm too, com- <laughs> oh, because I'm too competitive. So I'm I'm trying to like find all this stuff to make sure that I don't give any like little hints. <laughs> right. So you don't yep. want to give it. I don't want to give it away. Nope. And, and sometimes I'm fine with giving it away if I can make a joke because yeah. I'm also like Brian in that way. I'm not as funny as Brian, but I can at least try to like. I, I will give anything away if I need to laugh. I don't care. Yep. But but I'm also a competitive to, animal. When I want it to be fucked up and, and fool you, I'm like sitting there like, all right, I got to find some. Let me find some like people who came to Charlotte in the 1840s. What's that look like? <laughs> you know, like. Yep. And then the Charlotte Mint. When was What was that? You know, it's, it's just stupid. All right. Here you go. Last round, Tony. The showdown continues. You're one for two. Round three is all Wisconsin. Good luck with this. <laughs> okay. I think we'll see how this goes. All right. There's all Wisconsin beers. Wisconsin had a epic shitload of these types of breweries in the pre-prohibition era. Um, famously. They have lots of them. Uh, so... Here's these. Tony, you might know some of these already. We'll see. Maybe not. This one's called Blatt's Beer. Blatt's Beer, Milwaukee, founded in 1850. Valentine Blatt's established a brewery on Broadway Street in 1850 and merged with the nearby city brewery in 1852. They would become one of Milwaukee's big five breweries and were the first to have a bottling department to package and ship beer nationally. Hey, thanks thanks for that because now I can get burial. Sweet. Yes. Now that's either real or it's the Laverne and Shirley Brewery. 
not sure which one of the two. One of those two. Laverne and Shirley were at uh, Hassenpfeffer Incorporated, I oh. believe. But one of the um, old brands now uses that 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 initial shop brewery as their real, real brewery. I'm not sure which brewery that is, but it could be. Nobody. I'll, I'll just pref. I'll just tell you right now. Nobody brewing in Milwaukee is using any of the original stuff, and it's crazy because if you look up where a lot of these Milwaukee breweries are, which I was doing, they're all office lofts now <laughs> or whatever. Like I think the I think pa- I mean obviously like Pabst and Miller are still kind of around, right? But it's uh it's thin now. All right, next up, this one is called Rhinelander. Rhinelander Brewing. Uh, it's Rhinelander Beer, sorry. Rhinelander Beer from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, founded in 1882. Uh, founded in 1882 by Otto Hilgerman, it was located on Ocala Street in Rhinelander next to the Pelican River. It was one of the only breweries in the Wisconsin Northwoods and became fiercely popular amongst the locals. The brewery became one of the largest in America with its popular Shorty Bottles, a seven-ounce bottle of Rhinelander's signature lager. Now, that I could believe because when I was doing, um, grabbing some sound clips for this show back in the day, uh, I was looking at old 40s and 50s commercials and there was a lot of weird packaging that was involved in beer. So yeah. seven-ounce packages, yeah. I could believe in that. Sure. All right, Tony. Well, let's see how you feel about the last one. Uh, this one's called this one's called Funny Beer, Tony. Funny Beer it is founded in Baraboo, Wisconsin, in 1899. Founded by Edward Wojnitz in 1899, it was one of the last breweries to establish itself in Wisconsin before Prohibition. Like many beers at the time, it was named for the local industry, which in Baraboo was the local clown and comedy school and found a strong following throughout the state with vacationers in the nearby Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> what is this? This is this clown college right now? Come on. The beer is still produced by a local brewer and is the featured beer at the popular International Clown Museum and Research <laughs> Center in Baraboo. That's got to be the last one, right? That, that's got to be the last one. It's the last one. That was Griff getting a joke in. I'm going to say the last one, the clown, the funny All right. beer. All right, I made up funny beer. You're right, Tony. I made that up. You're right. You're right. But there is the internet. The International Clown Museum and Research Center is real. That is real. I don't doubt that. It was that the is real that it was served on the premises. That was the thing that sort of tipped. Your the beer hand. did not exist. I made up the beer. <laughs> oh, that tipped my hand. All right. <laughs> I did use the name of the current mayor of the town as as the founder, by the way, because I was just looking up what was going on <laughs> in Baraboo these days. I've been to Baraboo. Um, I've drank beer in Baraboo. Uh, I think I've been to a strip club in Baraboo, which is not not congratulatory, by the way. Congratulations. I don't want, I don't want to feel like No, please, Lord, no. Um <laughs> Uh, I was doing drum court. It was 20, it was, uh, how long ago would that be now? You don't need to years explain. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> now. It was I, just, actually, I didn't actually get to go in because the, the guy who drove us was 17. And why was he there? I don't know. <laughs> um, Stupid. 
<laughs> now, I have been doing some research. The mm-hmm. Laverne and Shirley Brewery is actually the current premises for Lakefront Brewing Incorporated. Yeah. Oh, I knew that. I thought you just meant what was the brewery no. in the song, but no, yeah, it's, it is that one. And when you go on the tour at Lakefront, you have to, you sing the song. Yeah. Everybody sings the song on the tour. Yeah. And yep. then, and then they, and then it was a big joke at the time, but I still, it's, it's a corny ass joke, but it's Wisconsin is they make you, uh, they make you hit the, they make you pound the bunghole or whatever. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta smash the, uh, the, 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 you know, the stopper into the bun. Yep. In the, in the keg or whatever, in the cask, the pin, I think. But, uh, and then you get to get, that is a tour where they are, they treat your free beers as a challenge instead of a, instead of like you have to use your two tokens and get out. Uh, they never, they refuse to accept your tokens. Sounds like a fun tour. They're just like, hey, let's get fucked up. And we're like, all right. So everybody just gets fucked up. <laughs> they're just serving you as much river. Wa- the Stein lager is so good, dude. It's like a like a brown lager, like a dark, not a, not a Schwartz beer, but quite. But it's just like a dark sort of lager, Dunkel lager, maybe. Yep. Dude, so good. Love that beer. Uh, yeah, funny beer was fake. I thought it was funny, though. And I did call it funny beer. So I was aiming for some laughs. Uh, I thought I thought a red nose beer too, but um, wasn't sure I could get away with that. But uh, all right, Tony, you got two for three, so you uh, get don't have to donate uh, fifty billion to the orphanage this week. So all the kids will be sad about that. They yes. will run out of gru- they are going to run out of gruel this week, and they are mostly going to get the Delta variant. So otherwise, they're fine though. So it's cool. So they are not going to get to try the new super premium range from Domino's. That's what you're saying. I just had an email arrive in my inbox, which I've, I've, I've shared the image with you of these new super premium pizzas. It's in the document if you're looking for it, um, from Domino's. Um, really, really <laughs> jumping the shark oh. there, Domino's. Oh, these look good. All right, so we, what do we got here, Tony? Okay, let's we go with the, with the um, yeah, tamest one of them all, and that is the roasted vegetable deluxe. Okay, we we can see that at, at Domino's, but we know it's it's not a premium roasted vegetable. So why pizza. why is your why is your crust so thin? There is that normal? Um, I just think that's the image because. You can get a super thin Domino's crust in Australia, or you can get the regular crust, or you can get the pan crust, and then you can get you can the get the crust. super thin here too. Yeah. I just I didn't know if I'm I didn't know if that was like a standard for you guys. No, no. Usually the picks have the pan crust here. For okay, some I think they're associated with Pizza Hut here in Australia. So I just think okay. that's the flat image that they've chosen. So that's perhaps the most normal one. Um, yeah, roasted veg is fine. Yeah, they all just have. Uh, as you call it, rocket, but it's arugula here. They have yep. it all spread all over everything pretty much. So roasted veg has got the arugula on it. All right, keep going. Okay, then we've got the uh, loaded chicken and parmesan. Okay, but shouldn't be super premium in my view. Seems like you could just get that normal there, right? Don't they? You yeah. probably have chicken as a topping there, yeah, right? Yeah, do. 
Now, this is where it gets jumping the shark territory. Salmon and prawn supreme. You guys would say salmon and shrimp supreme. Yeah, prawn, yeah. yeah we get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Slathered with mayo. And then now we get to the arugula part, and that is the smoked salmon, not to be confused with salmon, smoked salmon, parmesan, and rocket. Or if I want to do the translation, smoked salmon, parmesan, and arugula. Not a lot of rocket on there. Got to be honest, for it to be rocket, you're looking at a couple, couple three sprigs, couple four sprigs of rocket there. But (laughs) I think the one that, that Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler, this for me, put on the um, water skis and, and jump the shark is yeah. the crispy barbecue Peking duck with bacon. Come on, Domino's. With bacon. With bacon. Come on, Domino's. Who are you kidding? It's just your chicken cut up into smaller pieces and overcooked. With bacon. With bacon. I mean, it sounds like barbecue chicken pizza with bacon. That's what that sounds like to me. I'll be honest with you. That's that sounds exactly like what, what it it's going to taste like. It's going to taste like barbecue chicken pizza with bacon. The uh, smoked salmon parmesan and rocket sounds really heinous to me. Um, and there is definitely some red red splat, splaps, we'll call them, on there. There's some red splips of liquid. Yeah. On there. That what is, is that? Is that ketchup? What is that? I don't know. But Is that blood? Is it blood? Have you looked at the price? If you haven't looked at the price, um, take the it. The Noid. Guess. It's the blood of the Noid has been spread across. the. Um, 15 bucks. Yeah. Delivered. How big is this some bitch here? Standard. Large. Standard, yeah, Domino's. Bro, pie. isn't a large, a large Domino's with pepperoni here is five ninety nine. Um, uh, that's on our value range for f- five bucks. The Domino. Yeah, <laughs> we have a value Maybe it's range. Five bucks. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is not. This is not good. You know, I'm I'm not opposed to seafood on pizza. No, but I am a period because I've had like beautiful Connecticut style clam yeah. pizza. Fucking good, you know. Right. I mean, but but. This this is not that's not this. No. There's some there's some there's a lot of goos on these. Actually, if you look, I don't mean the I don't mean the lambic. I'm I mean like <laughs> ooze. Very weird mayo looking yep. shit, man. There's like some all four of all five of them have except for the Peking duck one has some kind of oh actually that drizzle. one might have it like camouflage have some kind of drizzle on them like a Wolfgang puck drizzle on them, but these are not going to be as good as a Wolfgang puck pizza, which actually are legitimately pretty decent. So, yeah, that's ju- not good, not good, Tony. I just really I mean, mean, why are you getting away from the value range? I don't even buy into the whole Dave Chang thing. I'm not against Domino's Pizza, but they are what they are. Go for the super cheap value range. Maybe you upgrade them to the the legitimate large, which is an extra three dollars. What Domino's well, Tony, call an extra large or a New York style pie? Do you have a Domino's in town? Uh, next town over in sale, so we can't get it delivered. We have to do pickup, but yeah, have it occasionally. So you're going to try any of this? I doubt it. I'm not going to go out of the value range. I love myself a Domino's pepperoni pizza. 
Uh, they have a beef and onion that's delicious. Uh, the the cheese pizza's delicious because it's with the the white sauce. Big fan of that out of Domino's. Like I can understand how that's made for five bucks, but I'm not spending fifteen dollars on like you get one prawn per slice. Um, and I don't yeah. think that's real peaking duck. I. You- <laughs> You know, they went to House of Sunwa in Chicago and yep. pulled one of the ducks off the again, rack or whatever, and the crispy skin is going to be there and all that. Then they put it in between, like, some bad mozzarella or whatever. Pretty good. Yeah, Tony, this looks good. Let's let's grab a couple of them. <laughs> I'm in. I'm Did in, you want actually. me to do a taste test? I will do it for the show if need be. Um if the only one I'm really curious about is the uh, is the Peking duck. Yeah, I, I actually think I know exactly what the salmon one's going to taste like. Both of them. Yeah, I've I had a good Peking salmon. Duck, I'm curious. I've had many good smoked salmon or even salmon pizzas, but again, this sure. is not Domino's that I'm eating from. Yeah, I'm not going to Domino's for that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of your way for any of that stuff. It's all right. All right, enough t- enough Domino's talk. Let's settle this thing up. I think we have. Uh, I think we're ready to pay our tab. Going back to the old bar uh, metaphor for this <laughs> podcast, I think we're ready to settle up our tab, Tony. What do you think? I, I think it is time to settle up our tab, and I think there's only one person that can pay that tab, and that's W Toots for telling lies about me on Untapped on our Discord. Um, Tyler, you owe you owe the bar tab, baby. Absolutely. And so if you want to set all that bar tab up, you can find me on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Griff is Griff AD on Untapped. If you want to check us out elsewhere, you can uh, check us out on Instagram, Griff. Yeah. Oh, Griff has dropped off and then he's back. No, I'm just kidding. I, you can, I, I, I forgot our Instagram. Just kidding. I know our Instagram. It's a, uh, Oh God! It's Beer Engine Pod is our Instagram gang. <laughs> I apologize for abandoning you in the middle of telling you where our Instagram was. Uh, our Instagram is Beer Engine Pod. Uh, you can also go find us. Uh, send us an email. Tell me what I should do this weekend. Tell me. Give me the in- info. What what should I do this weekend? You can email us beerengineshow at gmail dot com. Um, or do it on Instagram DM. And if you want to get in our discord and you want to tell yeah, me absolutely. live and you want me to respond to what I should do this weekend, um, you can do it. Uh, just drop us a DM on Instagram or send us an email and I will gladly, uh, pop you into the discord and you can come party with us there. We've had some good activity this week, Tony, I thought, um, which included some fun beer posts, I know our friend Max Allotman was out drinking. Our friend Jay Rome was out drinking, posting some good pics. Um, and we had, uh, you know, some of our other beer news. You're getting the preview of the beer news if you come in and hang out with us. And you can see that picture of Joe Rogan with his flappy, hard-ass nipples in the hot tub. <laughs> and that's really what we all want to see, right? So everything's yeah. good there. We did get an email this week. I thought you would have discussed it on the top of today's show, but it's by um, Corey with the um, – I like to pronounce the the, uh, last name. I don't like to pronounce his last name. I'm not going to out his full name, but I like to pronounce – No need to dox Corey today. We'll just call call him Corey K because I like to pronounce the K. I know Mm -hmm. it's probably silent, but 
No, it's not. Oh, but, yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's actually not silent. Yeah. There you go. I would have really outed him for sure. He just would like to put a PSA out to, I think, you and I, because I think anybody that is watching the beer news would already know this. It's pumpkin time at Schloffley. Schloffley. Yeah, Schloffley's bringing the pumpkins back. It's pumpkin and Meriton season, gang. Um I love it. I'm ready for the Meritons. I actually don't. I mean, pumpkin. Give me. The, I'm not sure I'll be able to get Schlafly pumpkin out here, which is depressing to think about. But um, I should be able to get some Meritons on my hand. Somebody could send it to me, but I know it's not easy to ship beer, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beg. I will not beg for Schlafly pumpkin. Uh, but if you want to send me some Schlafly pumpkin, drop me a note. Text me if you want to send me. If you're going to send me beer, you probably already have my phone number, so let me know. Um, I think that's basically all the places people can find us. If you're listening to the show, you know where to find our website. It's, it's yeah. in the thing. Otherwise, if you know another place to find us, don't tell <laughs> it to anybody else, okay? But, yeah, I think we're good. Yep. One last Tony, public you got service. Else? Um, you something else to say? I just want to put out, post-Olympics, I'm in the mood for one afternoon of day drinking. I don't know whether you'd be interested in joining me. It'd be nighttime drinking for you. Let's get together on Discord with a few of our fans. Let's play maybe some Jackbox or some Geo Guessing and do some day drinking. What do you reckon? Post Olympics. Let's do it, Tony. Actually, Tony, next week is my birthday. Griff's birthday so hangout. Maybe we could do a little birthday hangout in the next week or two. Absolutely. Um, and it'll be a little party, okay? So I've got some barley wine uh, I can share with you virtually. Let's do it. Let's say the week. Let's aim for like the week of the the sixteenth. There, I think that'd be pretty good. Yep. Because um, uh, I, of course, have to do I have to do in person birthday gatherings before we go into lockdown part one hundred. So, uh, gonna gonna see if I can get some of those in. Um, all right, Tony. I think that's about it. Uh, I have yep. really nothing else to say. We will be gathering up hopefully online with a little Discord hang soon. And uh, everyone fucking stay frosty. I don't know. Okay, see ya.